Welcome to Every Album Ever with Mike and Alex. My name is Michael Mansour, and I'm joined, as always, by my excited and fun co-host, Alexander Volt. Say hello. Hello. This is Every Album Ever, the podcast where we listen to every single album in the world, one artist at a time. That's a whole new discography per episode, and today, we'll be discussing every album by television. Television. Don't go a, to my head. <laughs> we didn't, uh, this is not, it's not a technically, it's not technically, it kind of is. We pulled this from our Patreon poll. Uh, and uh, I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff in there. We just decided to pick this one uh, basically random. And well, I guess you should probably talk about it. Usually I have a bunch of things to say and, and not this time because I think we just jump right into some bitch. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. God damn. Everyone knows television. People love television. Uh, in fact, this is probably one of the, uh, I think the highest reviewed thing that we've ever covered on the podcast. No way. <laughs> I mean, literally. No way. I'll, say, you wanna, I'll pull it up. You want to pull up? You can fucking lying. <laughs> there's got to be. There's got to be other. No, that, dog. Check it out. Check it out. I Check I, it out, brother. Yeah, that's that's literally perfect scores. Retrospective. Though. Oh, it's right. You're right. Oh, yeah. You're right. Well, does it does it matter? Because it's the same with with it uh, does, the Clash because we covered them, too. It does kind of matter. But yeah, I I feel like we've. There's got to be other albums. We've done too many, too goddamn much. But I agree that this album, uh, their first album, is among the you know biggest, most influential albums in the world. And I've never listened to it. You've never, you've never heard it? No. Wait, I, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, hold on, hold, hold on. I'm really. Are you fucking gaslighting me right no, now? No, I swear to God. The reason why I'm the reason why I'm yeah. fucking freaking out is because I'm pretty sure recently you made a comment about about it, and I made a comment about it, and you got like, "Oh, pff, you're crazy! You're crazy!" And now I'm hearing that you never heard it. So what the fuck were we talking about then? I, I don't if. If I said that, you must have misheard what I said. I misheard, or I'm deeply ashamed because interesting. Yeah, this whole time I thought you were a huge fan. No, you've never fucking heard it. What the? All yeah, right. I mean, I'm a fan now, but like, yeah, I that's that's not like me to lie on recording. I think especially <laughs> if Alex is just a big fat liar. <laughs> this whole time he's making up his picks, especially when I'm uh, going on on weekly basis saying things i i don't want those lies to uh catch up to me so uh, it'd be very hard to to manage all of them at some point yes you've done a, yes a lot of episodes yes so uh i wouldn't want to like have to th think more than i already do thinking's hard uh but well i mean i have experience with the band i've, I've heard the album the the, mm. the one that people are probably here to talk about no one really talks about the other two so much as uh, if it's a very uh, grave digger situation, which we literally covered two weeks ago. Uh, I think it's a little different, but uh, it's, it's it, less, it's less bad. Yes. Like it's, it's a less uh, offensive thing <laughs> yes. for sure. But I think it's like very similar in that people acknowledge the one album and ignore and the rest. Never, yeah. Um, start talking a little bit, a little bit of the history, which we've got from our, from our boy, Tom Osmond, our history guy, uh, main members, uh, Tom Verlaine, uh, vocals, guitar, um, some keyboards, Richard Lloyd, uh, all second guitar, Billy Ficka, Fit, Fissa, Fisa, Ficka, Fisa. I don't know I, if, if that's Italian, that I don't yeah, know how to yeah. pronounce it. Uh, and, uh, Fred Smith on bass. Uh, 
but they were they took them a long time. Yeah. This is a another um not quite as bad as the as the laws where it took them forever to record their first album, but mm-hmm. but close where there's like a, there's more building up to the first record than like their no, career as a band. Yes, uh, afterward. <clears throat> Quite the the lively history too. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We got um, a, basically ninety nine percent of all of our information is straight from Richard Lloyd's mouth, um, and it, it's from um, the book "Everything Is Combustible: Television, CBGBs, and Five Decades of Rock and Roll," which came out twenty seventeen. Uh, and he has a lot to say, and it seems pretty reasonable. Yes, yeah. I'm. I'm sure it's a good read. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, we have a little bit from Verlaine. Mm-hmm. A little bit. This this little little bit. We'll we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, but I don't know. Let's just, I guess just jump into who the the hell these all these little fellows are. Yeah the uh, the boring Wikipedia version is <laughs> that uh, Richard Lloyd and uh, Tom Verlaine were were friends in school uh in delaware and then they they not together but separately moved to new york to uh be poets but then in uh lloyd's book you find out about his uh his (laughs) his i don't i don't know if you want to call it a prank prank (laughs) oh I kind of this dude is fucking nuts so, insane i <laughs> i like the guy I, a lot i've now. never heard about anyone pretending to be uh well here's a story this is uh, this is from our, our our history guy tom uh he says as a teen lawyer got fed up with his hypocritical parents not allowing him to drink and take drugs fucking dicks <laughs> while being on various medications themselves so he flushed all their pills down the drain and then told them that he'd taken all of them hilarity ensued they took him to the hospital with a doctor fully aware that there was nothing in his system agreed with his parents that a trip to the psychiatric ward was in order uh this is a quote from from lloyd says uh quote eventually i stopped taking the psychiatric medications i went back to the drugs i knew about for self-medicating marijuana and hashish amphetamines and barbiturates and inhalants yikes uh once i got so nuts from not sleeping that i began to hear the guitar riff from over under sideways down by the yardbirds coming through my air conditioner all night long other times i put silver foil over my windows because i could not stand the sunlight thinking it would melt me end quote crazy person so that's the dude we're dealing with already yeah i love him he's great (laughs) you know it's funny i was thinking about that and i was in the grocery store or walking out of the grocery store and someone was driving by in like a hybrid car. And then the, the like noise noise, like the slight noises that hybrids make. Yeah. It, uh, it did remind me of like the fifth element score. And I'm like, just by reading that quote that like ruined the way I'm hearing. Really? These like bland, these bland everyday noises ruined or made better made better I there guess. we go there yeah, we go yeah. uh, that's interesting hell man that's a hell of a movie hell yeah it is all-time all-time greatest <laughs> really fifth element <laughs> yeah yeah all-time greatest what movie ever one of the great one of the greatest sci-fi movies ever made it is like my second favorite action movie there you go yeah and first favorite is die hard so i'm a bruce willis man that's, that's, that's who i am there you go uh tom goes our, our boy tom he's uh continues a little bit more of a 
Lloyd's upbringing here. He says, uh, Lloyd's parents uh, considered electroshock therapy for him, but finally decided against it. Lloyd mentions how Lou Reed apparently had and recovered from that treatment. Uh, in the end, he got let out of the, the latest institution on the condition that he go into a drug rehab center. Guess what? More hilarity ensued. <clears throat> We haven't started with music yet. No, <laughs> we haven't no, started with music. Is, this is this one man. This is just one of, uh, I guess, a, a teenager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the quote from from Lloyd, he says, uh, "I've been in several mental hospitals since then for various lengths of time due to due to mania and acting out of control, but it's been nothing like the experiences I had as a teenager in state mental institutions. I will never forget those." Frankly, I'm proud to have been through those experiences. Uh, while I haven't been to the moon or climbed Mount Everest, I have been to two old state mental institutions and several rehabs during the dark ages of treatment. That's scary. That is, that is horrifying. Yeah, that he he lived a full a full life before he turned eighteen. T Tom also equated to to Michael Jira from uh, from Swans a little bit. I mean, a little bit. It's not quite as horrific as as Jira's. <laughs> experiences but it's up there it's close yeah yeah i mean i i feel like uh jira chose violence where maybe lloyd was uh stumbling through violence i don't know man yeah. to fucking make up that you took a bunch of drugs and then get committed for it <laughs> that's pretty fucking stupid it's pretty stupid but there's I, yeah there's i don't know there's maybe it's the quotes <laughs> this seems more more Mr. Magoo-like to me. Maybe, maybe. That'd just be a lot more heartwarming and uh, sweet right. <laughs> than fucking sad and crazy. Uh, so he uh, had a few, you know, big uh, awakening moments. Um, I mean, that literally, uh, when he saw the, the Who at Woodstock, where he was, um, I guess, awake for three days straight, and then he finally fell asleep and then was woken up by the Who. <laughs> and I guess that was a big deal. Um Apparently he wasn't on any drugs then, but you know, that's what he says. And then, uh, this is the next big moment. The New York dolls. I will never check uh, out the episode. I will never get, get it or understand I, it. Alex and I are not fans. If you, if you don't care to listen to the episode, we didn't like them. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's one of those bands where I get, they influenced a ton, mm -hmm. but just because something is influential at the time doesn't mean it holds up now. The same, I mean, the only people fully and wholeheartedly accept that with a thing like comedy, mm -hmm. like, oh, it was super important then, but like, it sucks now. You can't listen. Sure. But people refuse to acknowledge it for music. I believe New York Dolls is the Lenny Bruce of punk. Yeah. <laughs> good then, not so good now. Yeah, yeah. I have I have heard that that argument with uh, Len, Lenny Bruce. Yeah. Like, Go, like if you're like in your 20s or your 30s and you're like oh lenny bruce like influence go fuck yourself influence 100 percent. it def definitely did yeah it doesn't mean you're gonna you're not gonna listen to it now and laugh it's just it just doesn't make any sense it's not offensive anymore it's not in, uh, shocking anymore uh we move on uh where is this um so this is a quote from <clears throat> from lloyd where he found new york dolls he says Quote, in early 1973, I heard about the Mercer Art Center and the New York Dolls. Finally, there was a scene in New York that I could make use of, so I decided to leave Los Angeles and I began looking for a ride. I settled on traveling with a guy who was driving to New York the long way. He had a Lotus Europa. Man. Damn, they don't even make those anymore. No, they don't. I mean, you look at it, it's like that shit is not being made anymore. <laughs> yes, that was of the time. <clears throat> Holy shit. Uh, uh, according to, to our, our history, man, he says... Uh, 
that when he saw them, uh, when he saw New York Jersey at their height, you know, finally live, uh, he says he remembers them being sloppy, but interesting. And he thought something amazing was going to come out of New York soon. I, I'm so shocked. They were, they were sloppy live. Oh, are you being sarcastic? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Uh, Johnny Thunders is amazing, but God damn, they were all on heroin. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, he's obviously right. And so much insane shit from late, late seventies, New York. Ooh, mm. I mean, that's where the world was changed. We've covered what we, Sorry, touch knees. Touch, touch knees. Super gay, super gay. Um, covered suicide. Suicide. Uh, so I don't it. know why that, that suicide was the only band that came from, to New York in the, the, in the late seventies. The 70s. only band from the late seventies we've covered. It's uh, it's not a good day for my memory. I know, uh, I know. We've uh, talked about suicide for sure. I'm for com- sure. comfortable saying that. There's a hundred and fifty something episodes. We're not going to remember every single one we've done at this point. Remember, I remember when I used to remember every single episode in which number it was. Oh yeah. No, those days no. are long gone. Long gone. Uh, so this is how he finally met Tom Verlaine and, <clears throat> you know, formed television and yeah. all that. Um, freshly run away from, from Delaware. <laughs> I don't should. know about freshly, but. Uh, yeah, he's still, a, yeah, I don't know what year this is actually. Um, but he says, this is from, uh, this is Lloyd. He says, quote, Terry Ork managed a store named Cine- Cinemabilia. During the day, uh, they sold movie posters, film scripts, memorabilia. I remember now, he's the guy who helped form television. He's yeah. not in television. He was never in television. He's like the, the fifth Beatle. Yeah. The, the fifth television. Uh, he's the fifth TV. The fifth TV. Then, after, I, I can't believe we didn't mention it sooner, Richard Hell. I thought I may have misspoke earlier because Richard Hell and the singer, they, they like. Yeah, Tom Verlaine. Yeah, Tom Verlaine and, oh, and okay. Richard Hell went to. They went, were. The, yeah, I may have yeah, misspoke. I think earlier. so. Sorry, sorry. This is all, this is all new to me. Yeah, I, apparently, it's new to me that it's new to you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Richard Hell was, was a founding member of the band, which I didn't know. I didn't uh, know that either. It's, that's fucking wild. He's a real interesting dude. Hearing him talk, I've said this before, but hearing him talk makes me laugh. He has mm-hmm. the funniest, goofiest speaking voice. I know we've like quote, quoted uh, things from from him, interviews where he's talking about other bands or talking to people from other yeah. bands. So, yeah, he's great. Um, as well as just having like an entire music. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean his uh, you know the Blank Generation was a hugely influential thing. And you know, anybody who hears the song Blank Generation fucking knows it, even if you don't know that it's him. I, I would say, but uh, so Richard Richard also worked at that same you know weird strange memorabilia store, uh, and uh, so this is continuing from from Lord. He says, "As for me, I usually slept all day and was up all night." I began practicing in the late afternoon. I had an old Fender Telecaster <clears throat> that I bought at the original Guitar Center on Sunset Boulevard in LA in 71. Oh boy, that's still there. That's still there. I haven't walked in there in... I'm comfortable saying 15 years. That lo- Holy shit! And specifically the the one on Sunset. It's been less than 15 years for me for sure, but I, I haven't... I don't go to Hollywood anymore. Not since the pandemic. You don't, you don't go to Hollywood anymore. It's a it's skid row again. Yeah. I, I go there for concerts and uh, uh, and a trip to Amoeba. Dude, I I have not been to the new Amoeba since it opened. I've been there three, four times, something like that. Okay. So how long was this detour? How, detour. Lo- how long has that Amoeba been open? Um, Pre-pandy, right? No, 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 no. 
It opened during, during, so. At least 2020. I'm going to say two years. It's been there two years. It's been, so you've been there four times in two years. Compare that to the original Amoeba. But to be fair, to be, to be fair, um, now I feel like if you go directly to the band or record label, they have like cool exclusive records. Mm. And that also wasn't as big or popular when yeah. that original Amiibo was there. So there's like, a, there's less reason to even bother. Yes. Price exclusivity. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's a little jarring. I do kind of, miss walking the length of a football field if i wanted to switch musical genres that, that i was yeah. shopping for yeah. like that in of itself for those of you who were who have been to the original amiibo hollywood location that was like part of the experience and now yeah. it's just like it's it's one it's just one aisle over not as not that's a, that stinks dude i really love going upstairs to look at movies i agree selection yeah. still great still amazing but there's this something less like awe inspiring if you will mm. about like oh i want to go get a wrap oh shit it's this it's i can see it it's right there oh yeah yeah there's there's no there's no uh adventure that's yeah. going to the Amoeba in Hollywood was a venture yeah. and it still can be an adventure, but uh, now it's just kind of compact. Damn. Well, that was a huge detour in the middle, in the middle of a quote. <laughs> <laughs> End quote. <laughs> so what the fuck was I talking about? We were talking about Guitar Center. Oh, he, yeah. pe he picked up the, the original one on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, this is actually a thing that I really love about this too, because I do love uh, Richard Lloyd's guitar playing. I I have heard other guitarists uh, say what he's about to say, specifically uh, B Hines, Brent Hines, of, oh, Brent Hines of Mastodon. I know he's he's a fan of practicing and writing riffs this way. Yeah, he says uh, he would uh, he. This is the quote he says, I, I practiced on that guitar with a religious fervor, but quietly because I did not own an amplifier. I practiced without an amplifier for many years, not only because I didn't own one, but because I didn't feel that I was good enough yet. And in my practice, I didn't want anyone else to hear what I was doing. I was self-conscious to the extreme. I practiced hour after hour in, in anticipation of when I would get the call. That's me in a nutshell, dude. I, again, apparently Brent has to, I, I, <clears throat> my yeah. whole life played guitar, no amp. His philosophy is a little different. Um, where he's like, if the, if the riff doesn't sound good to me without all the added yeah. bullshit on top of it, then I, I don't want it. I, I do it for all the reasons I do it for that reason. I do it for the self-conscious reason. I do it for, uh, uh, not being able to hide mistakes. Mm -hmm. I do it. For, and that's another reason. One of the reasons that, that Lloyd like uh, practicing without an app, cause you know, you can't hide your mistakes. Yeah. Uh, Brent, Brent will do an acoustic <laughs> though. Oh yeah, that's a it's a different that's a whole different piece. Yeah. It's I, I hesitate to call it a different instrument because it's not, but it, it you have to play it differently. Yeah, there's no way sure. to yeah, you definitely can't play it the same. Um and this is uh where Verlaine comes in, whose real last name is Miller, Tom Miller. I don't know why it's Verlaine or where that came that from. Sounds way more exotic. It's a better name. <laughs> you put Tom Miller in Google, you're gonna get Thousands of guys. Thanks. Uh, this guy was 
thinking ahead. Oh, he the knew. Internet. He knew. This is gonna be this thing called Google one day. What mark my words? When you type in Tom Verlaine, I'm gonna be the only Tom Verlaine. Hell yeah! Uh, so let's see. So Terry Oak persuaded Lloyd to check out an open mic guitarist who turned out to be Verlaine. <clears throat> And this is actually one of my favorite quotes. This is a fun thing because it kind of gives you like a, an actual picture of who this dude was. Uh, uh, Lloyd says, Tom adjusted his, adjusted his guitar and amplifier, tested a few sounds, and then proceeded to play three songs. Uh, there was no doubt in my mind that this person had something both strange and recognizable. I'd been close enough to successful artists and rock stars to recognize the chemistry of that elusive it and Tom had it. Oh, I was going to say, I think the the other, like, most notable thing before they, you know, we get to this first album is that they had actually recorded with Brian Eno. Oh, yeah. It is even more before that, like how they, oh, yeah, they actually, because sure. the, the dynamic of them, I think, was fucked from the get-go. And if you look at, you know, how things kind of crumbled mm-hmm. not long after they released a couple records, it, it all kind of comes down to this foundational uh like cracked foundation yeah which was uh uh Verlaine really 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 wanted to be the dictator from mm-hmm. the start yeah but like, kind of played it cool for mm-hmm. a while and Lloyd wanted to be a lead guitarist yeah like, and those two things this clashed dude yeah. it basically like fucked it from the start yeah um so you have those personality things and then yeah you have richard hell who didn't even make it (laughs) so the thing with richard hell it's like he was um well i'll read the quote from from lower because it's even better and he says terry got us together because terry put basically got the whole band together Mm -hmm. Uh, and television began began rehearsing five or six hours a day it was a wonderful experience tom was definitely the leader although in the beginning if we did 10 songs Tom would sing four and Richard Hell would sing, would sing four and I would sing two, uh, neither of which were my own songs. Hell wrote his own lyrics and Tom wrote the music. Hell never practiced bass on his own. So it was important for us to practice together every day as well as try to get uh, Billy Ficka to play a regular beat because the rhythm section was all out of whack. It didn't matter in the beginning because he put on a show. Uh, we got we got ourselves a, a Shavo from System of Down over here. Oh, it, it's what's up fuck. with <laughs> what's up with bass players not wanting to practice, dude? Seriously, I heard two stories and now I'm laying it on all bass they, players. They, they need to fucking practice. <laughs> it's because bass is fucking easy, dude. It's so easy. <laughs> I, I, well, uh, know, I think there's certain players that uh, oh, would, well, obviously you get the the fucking crazy masters geniuses at it, but I mean like the standard bassist, it's like oh yeah, you can you can get by with because it's not the most demanding thing you're literally mm-hmm. supporting um which i think people think that well, i'm just supporting only to practice but that automatically makes it so you're holding everyone back 100 percent. god damn have i experienced that someone who won't practice and now like we're, we're held up an hour at practice because they forgot how to play the thing um but it's like here it's like a band band richard held yeah. sing is singing he wrote his own lyrics it's, it's a totally different band completely yeah and they basically didn't exist this band apparently oh, um according to, to lloyd they fucking sucked live like they couldn't even keep tying with each other because because <laughs> by that because billy uh was first of all he's uh he he plays on the first album right Billy, or he stays with them for like the whole time, I believe. I, I believe yeah, yeah. He, he's still, all, still in there. He's the only drummer 
and he's fantastic. He's a great drummer. Mm-hmm. But and the fact that they hated his playing because it was too complicated is, is just funny to me. Oh man. Um yeah, I'm sure, you know, various uh drug usage didn't help any of these things. Dude, it, Richard Hell alone, just looking at the guy. Uh Lloyd says right here, he says, Tom was on a fire playing leads that were so wacky, but they could have come di- that they could have come directly from outer space. Um, <clears throat> says, I always wanted to be a lead guitar player, so there was an ongoing struggle between Tom and me as to who would play the solos. We finally settled on an arrangement where we would split them roughly 50-50, which later became 60-40, and that worked out pretty well. Uh, which is odd that he had like, they had a, you get half, I get half. Creative, yeah. Creatively, that is... When we've talked about that before with like Jane's addiction and CCR, and it's just like I thought y'all were friends. With someone, it, this is this is why another reason why I love Michael Jira and to reference Swans again. Uh, he is that crazy controlling dictator type, but he's not hiding behind like, well, all right, we'll split it. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, well, just you're out of the band then because this is my show. Yeah. Whereas. Verlaine seemed to be like at least trying to compromise or uh, wasn't comfortable enough to like wave his dick around yet. Mm. So that's why everyone should aspire to be in the Dave Matthews band. You you know what you're getting? (laughs) You think you think he's an egomaniac because it's his band. Everyone gets paid equally in that band. I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And that's, we're not exactly Dave Matthews fans, but that's pretty cool. It's why I can't fucking hate him. I don't, I, yeah. Couldn't hate him. Can't hate him for that. Yeah. I mean, that's a whole another podcast, but uh, yeah, I'm just like, damn, that's crazy to me. It is wild. That's, Anyways. That that's, reminds me a lot of Alice Cooper. He's another fucking great dude who to this day still pays the original band royalties for using the name Alice Cooper. Oh shit! That yeah, that's fucking cool. Uh, I guess that's the last time I read that. I, I hope he hasn't stopped in the last couple of years. Uh, we could do another. We're getting sight. I'm getting sidetracked. Oh, um, little six degrees of every album ever to Alice Cooper. We know Hawk. We know Hawk. Hawk knew Nina Strauss. Nina Strauss, who has played with Alice Cooper. Look at that. We are two degrees from Alice Cooper. Yeah. Because of our, yeah. Also, wrestler, sh- she played our wrestler, Shinsuke Nakamura, to WrestleMania one year. Wait, she, she played, wait, she did she his music? She plays guitar. Oh, she uh, didn't make, uh, yeah, she didn't make his music, but she played like, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, neat. Look at that. So, yeah. Everything's connected, baby. Everything's yeah. connected. Uh, so, let's see. So, uh, by all accounts, Richard Hell fucking stunk. <laughs> Like he just couldn't play, <laughs> but they loved him. Hell is in his name. You should know what you're getting. That's true. He went by that by by choice. But like everyone loved him. They liked his energy. They liked his style. He he did a lot of like the promoting. He did a lot of like the image stuff. He was like a big part of getting them out there. Mm. He just couldn't fucking play. It's yeah. just sort of Sid vicious. You know what's funny is uh, yeah, I've that bought back like flashbacks of some like local bands where I've heard that used and then watched everything go down in flames. Oh, where it's what we mean. Like what they're all focused on the, on the are like, like, Oh yeah, that guy can't play, but goddamn, like the energy fits the thing. Dude. I'm like, shut, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, dude. And fucking another one that, that I think about, uh, kid Congo powers is fine, but 
he got the gig in the cramps purely because of his because he looked the part. And I'm only saying that based on the the dude from the Gun Club. Mm-hmm. I mean, we covered all these bands. Um, That's why we know so much. Hell yeah! Uh, Gun Club, the original Gun Club guitarist. I think he was also up for uh, the 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 spot in the cramps. Mm-hmm. He auditioned, and he's like a good guitar player. <laughs> Kid Congo Powers was okay, but he dressed the part. He got the gig. <laughs> Fuck. People care about that fucking name. And no, yeah, they do. It's important. I, I understand it's important, but it's fucking sucks. <laughs> it's just I don't know, whatever. It, the reason why I I I still kind of understand a little bit is uh, how many bands that I've seen where like they're cr- fucking killer musicians and they look like they are fucking 48 year old diet dying of obesity. <laughs> I said that funny. Dude it was back in uh, back in high school days. I went to some fucking show in an abandoned factory type thing, and uh, I see this this band, some local band, and it's a bunch of young dudes, metal band, I don't know, death metal or thrash or something. And the drummer was this fucking old dude, huge old dude with playing with these, and he's just fucking killing it. He's so good. Was this pig destroyer? <laughs> No, 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 no. He was on drums and he was. <laughs> I, know, I know. But he's also, you know, he might be dead too. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but, so I, I, I'm I, standing with this other dude that I that I was, I was like acquaintances with. He was a fucking total douchebag, but I was, I was fine with him. Um, and he's in a, like, he was, a, was an incredible drummer, but he was a dick about it. And he's looking at this old guy playing drums. He's like, yeah, he knows what he's doing. You know, he's got his rudiments down here. He, he knows what he's doing. Too bad he's like fucking 40. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> holy shit and it's odd like ah uh, yeah it's not cool it's not very cool and it's not very like people aren't gonna look at you as like this you know larger than life thing if you're you know just wearing a polo and shorts and you're mm. like you don't really take care of yourself uh or you just don't if, look interesting if you're over 40 you haven't made it you better you better charles bradley your career you better come up with the saddest life ever or just like Maybe you don't have to be a fucking wearing tattered clothes and eyeliner, but like take care of yourself. <laughs> like look professional, like be fucking dapper or something. Do something. I don't know. Just don't look like a fucking pile of shit. <laughs> what the fuck can tell you, dude? <laughs> I didn't see said man that may or may not be alive. Still, so. Oh, I fucking didn't know the guy. Who knows? <laughs> so at this point in the in the history, we're like you know, 74 <laughs> and the album still doesn't, doesn't give up for another three years. So at this point, Verlaine is really fucking annoyed at, at Richard Hell because he's more interested in looks mm-hmm. and not learning how to play bass. Uh, but at this point, I think Verlaine is starting to like, you know, assert his dominance, so to speak. And, uh, and I also think, is this where he starts kind of like coming out? Like he, he wants to start running the show completely. Oh, yes, it is. So this is fucked up. And this is this is like calling back to another Jane's addiction thing. Check out that episode, by the way. Um, Lloyd says uh, he wanted to command a band, and when we finally got signed, he asked to be signed by himself as television. Ooh. Now, motherfucker, dude, dude, see, look, that is fine if you have that conversation before you you know <laughs> or like if you actually like made it on your own or like you recruited these people with them knowing that knowledge that. Yeah. yeah like 
like, by the way, this is my thing. Um, you guys will get paid, but this is my whatever. But when it's like, all right, what, what ideas do you have? All right, let's vote on it. All mm-hmm. right, what do you think? And then like, by the way, <laughs> this is my show. <laughs> it's 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 harder. It's it's harder to defend. Uh, and I think at this point, um, Lloyd was a severe alcoholic. Mm-hmm. In his words, a raging alcoholic. Yeah. Um, at the time, though, they did. Uh, they also convinced uh, CBGBs to, you know, start booking like weirder bands. They're like, this doesn't have to be straight punk. That is that what they did? Oh shit, that's fucking rad. Yeah. So, like, even <laughs> without releasing an album, they kind of had to pull, ch- change the course of history a little bit. Well, they were. Uh, pretty beloved even b- before the album came out. Well, yeah, they yeah they had a residency at CBGBs. Th- this is from Tom that, that made me that tickled me a little bit. Um, uh, was a Lou Reed, uh, Patty Smith, who was apparently in love with Tom and and Paul Simon, which it also makes me laugh that Patty Smith was just in love with this this lanky strange you know front man i don't uh, know makes sense it makes yeah, sense but looked, like looking at it I was like man this dude looks awkward i mean she looked kind of like him honestly yeah. i love how we're like yeah there was there's like so many like influential bands in new york and i'm just like suicide and completely forgot about velvet underground Velvet Underground. there's also the ramones <laughs> I mean, well like I, no, no no i was trying to think oh, of ones earlier. we've covered oh, ones yeah, we covered. Yeah, oh yeah. you're right you know good point oh that was a long time ago <laughs> well, well, was the beginning oh yeah uh so i think uh this is around the time where lloyd became a full-fledged junkie and he would uh you know have some fun with he loved richard hell they were junkie buddies oh yeah it's isn't it like crazy when you find out like uh kind of like a metallica mustaine situation where like multiple members have problems but there's one guy where they're this like brother <laughs> yep that's my dude that's too far even for us god damn ah <laughs> uh, shit uh so now okay now we're finally back on track with music you 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 mentioned this earlier with the 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 demo mm-hmm. um record they recorded it with richard williams of island records and then he brought in uh brian eno to oversee mm-hmm. production and they hated it i know it's it's always like humbling and like crazy when you have these like legends in the music business who for better or worse is like they can do no wrong like they've kind of built up this status and i think brian eno is one of those guys and then to like hear that he this kind of like fumbled this band is is nice to hear it's in- yeah it's interesting but here's the thing the band hated how the demo sounded but the island records loved it yeah so and the reason why I'm starting, I, I question um, how bad it was, mm-hmm. is based on a future production choice by uh, Relaine. Okay. I'm thinking that maybe that demo was probably pretty good. Hey. It probably sounded yeah. fine. <laughs> it probably sounded pretty good. Although Brandino has made some questionable production stuff. Because um, mm-hmm. uh, this is, you know, this is the early days of, <clears throat> and, not, uh, not the early days of stereo, but they were still kind of ironing things out a little bit. I think if uh, being a Volta fan or a, a fan of Omar Rodriguez has taught me anything, it's that uh, some producers are hit or miss. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes or we can get a good producer and they just not a good fit. Yeah. For the band, they this the stars don't align. It happens. I'm, I, our Fugazi episode, Steve Albini. Steve Albini didn't work well with Fugazi. Like they had paper. Like, 
Yeah, on paper. Yeah. And then in the room, they're like, this is incredible. This is yeah. like, we're made for each other. And then they heard it. It's like, this sucks. <laughs> you know, even Albino was like, yikes. Yikes. Uh, so Lord was pretty bummed out with uh, Richard Hell being pushed out of the band because, you know, they were their boys. Who else are you going to do drugs with now? He was re- uh, Hell was replaced by Fred Smith, <clears throat> uh, who Lord doesn't seem to talk much about. But finally, finally, they are signed mm-hmm. by Electra. Yes. Yes, sir. And I think it's finally time to talk about the fucking music. That's got to be one of the lengthiest. I think this is our our longest intro. Yeah. In any episode we've ever done. We are almost at 40 minutes for the intro. Hot damn. Hot damn indeed. So now we are we have to, we talk about the albums, folks. We do that as well. It's, Thank you, Tom, for the notes, man. That's fucking thorough. Um, so yeah, they have three albums. Uh, first one came out in 1977. Last one, 1992. And oh boy, I know you're ready. I'm ready. Hell yeah. So this is 1977's Marky Moon. <laughs> Good bass sound. Oh, yeah. I don't know if this is blasphemy to say, but I don't think this is a good opener. It's not a good opener. For what this album eventually does. Yeah. Uh, It's a cool song. It doesn't feel like an opener. It's a fine song. But this band on this album is more than just fine. For sure. So, this. That, so, all you can hear is the hi-hat. It, it removes any kind of punch or kick. I was, I was going to say, and the hi-hat doesn't even sound that great. No. Yeah. So, that. That whole, um, you know, post-chorus thing. Mm-hmm. That has all the makings on paper of oh that would that's that makes a perfect opener. It has this fucking really built and then the, the you know the him shouting uh, evil and then how he, mm-hmm. it's like a really it feels like oh this is exactly how an opener should feel. The way it's produced, it it feels fucking wimpy. Obviously, mm-hmm. best personal favorite. Yeah, nothing controversial here. Yeah. Best personal favorite. But I think and here's where I'm gonna get stabbed. This is one of the most overrated fucking legendary albums I've ever heard. I mean, I think I, it's a great album, but holy shit, perfect, dude, dude, this part, five out of five, A plus, A, five out of five, five out of five, 10 out of 10, five out of five, five out of five, 10 out of 10, five out of five. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> the- <laughs> I, I kind of get it as someone new um, because like the good shit on here is incredible, is incredible. Yes. Like it is so unique and um yeah at the time like that let's just get into the fucking title track because that is that is where things start to happen i mean i I do like some stuff before that for sure but um Um, but yeah the title track is just so fucking unique i i know i've heard like like once i heard it like it all started to click other songs i've heard i'm like oh shit they heard like television yeah. do this and the the back and forth guitar playing yep. is just like that stuff dare i say flawless song it is it's fucking incredible it's uh almost 11 minutes it's the the fastest 11 minutes ever it, it makes use of it the, 
man, some of these, some of those riffs in that song are just so exceptional. And, and the problem I have with this band, it is a across the board thing, is that when you think of television, you think of their long there are long epic songs like that. Mm-hmm. They don't have that many of those. No. And, and all the stuff in between is like, oh, it's cool, but you're just waiting to get to the big songs. I feel like this entire album is sitting through decent, shorter songs to get to these incredible long songs. I don't know. I think there's like, I think like friction. Friction. Okay. For me personally is like when it starts picking up, I believe that's track three. Yes. Um, so like there I'm like, oh, that's really unique. And then, so it's just, it's really just like the first two songs are, are okay. And then like, I'm down with every other song. I like, I think, so every song is good. I think every song is good, Yeah. but a lot of it were, where you, you know, of this band as being super influential and how like they really did something no one else was doing. You don't hear that on every song. You hear that no. on like the big songs on the really crazy good songs mm-hmm. and the stuff in between. I'm like, all right, it's just like a, it's like a, a hold me over track. They, like see no evil is the opener, but it's a fucking hold me over track. Uh, Venus, I think is like, okay, that it's, it doesn't feel like an opener, but that's the kind of shit that I, that I'm, that I'm moved mm-hmm. by. Like, okay, that's, they're, they're obviously really good songwriters or Verlaine is whatever. Uh, Cause it's like, it's really, and I think fucking what's his, I already forgot the drummer's name. How can I do that? Um, Cause he didn't talk much. That's why Billy, but, um, yeah. his drumming on that song, it's so spastic and, and just unusual hearing that accompanying this basically romantic song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a nice little mix that you wouldn't, you wouldn't kind of, wouldn't kind of guess, but I think Billy also has a real interesting little drum beat on Elevation. Is it Elevation? Yeah, Elevation. It's like he's getting the snare on the like us instead of like the one or instead of the twos and and force. Mm -hmm. And then doing like, so get the snare and then do these quick little 16th note thing on the hi-hat and it's just like uh it's a really cool beat does a lot of cool hi-hat stuff i mean you heard it on the the opener even though i don't like the way it's produced or the way it's pulled off so much but he does a lot of really cool like i want to say jazzy kind of stuff or it's mm-hmm. a lot of little uh slight uh, or subtle embellishments little just you know flourishes yeah little yeah. things here and there uh and it keeps it nice and full but they're weak they're they're weak and that is by design, which fucking blows like, my I, mind. I guess when you have a narcissist in the band. This fucking moron, fucking Verlaine. <laughs> I mean, who am I to say? I don't know what it is. So here's the thing. Uh, there's a lot There's a lot of notes here. <clears throat> uh, but uh, I don't want to go into it too deep before we finish talking about the music. But the, the thing is, they got... Who, who, who's this fucking guy? What's his... Andy Johns. Yes. They, who was... Um, they picked... And then when I was reading it, it was like, oh, he picked him for a Rolling Stones album. And I was expecting like a big Rolling Stones album. Fucking what's this called? They picked Andy Jones based on his work with the Rolling Stones album. Andy Go- Johns. Yeah. Goat's Head Soup. Go- you know that, I, that fucking Hallmark classic Goat's Head Soup? I didn't even know that was Rolling Stones <laughs> album until I read that. So the... He's also um, the brother of, of Glenn Johns, 
who uh, did, he also did, he did Rolling Stones and Zeppelin and The Who. And Andy was his, his assistant and second engineer. So he was on, he worked well on like a lot of those projects is, mm. with him. So like, oh, yeah. clearly he's like, this is the guy to have. And this is. He's the, he's the Belushi brother. Well, you, you're calling him Jim Belushi? Yeah, I'm calling him Jim Belushi. That is the meanest thing you've ever said. <laughs> How dare you? Compared someone to Jim Belushi. Dude, that's fucking cold. But <laughs> so at the very start of this, they this son of a bitch almost fucking left the, left the project and, and, and just sullied the, the entire relationship because, because. Here's the quote directly from, from Lloyd. We all went to, into the control room to listen. Oh boy, what came out sounded just like Led Zeppelin's John Bonham. A huge drum sound. I liked it, but Tom freaked out and said, Oh no, 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 no. We don't want big drums. We want small drums without all the effects on. Moron! Moron! You had the best drum sound in the world! That, that does uh, taint this record quite a bit. Dude! Because before learning yeah. that, I'm listening to this album like, these drums are bitch. These yeah. drums are so bitch. And now you know why. Dude, sometimes the creative vision is wrong. <laughs> sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Oh, and I hope we get shot for talking shit about this album. But like, it, it's, maybe it, would, it wouldn't have sounded good. Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe these songs weren't made for that. Uh, but it's not like Zeppelin is uh, a simple, you know, four chord verse mm -hmm. kind of band yeah it's not like they're they're not being also super t it's not like john bonham was just a 4-4 four four and, and did nothing else like a fucking cashmere dog there's lots of things going on there. Oh, yeah like did he just not like good drums what's wrong what's, <laughs> big drums are the best he's like mm -mm -mm. that'd be uh that'd be a shame if something were to happen to these great sounding drums it's a, it's another fucking injustice for all situation you know what bring that bass to where no one in the world can hear it God fucking damn it. All right, Alex. Sorry to do this to you, but it's time to talk about balls. Why? I don't know why you'd be sorry to talk about that. You're right. I, I'm not sorry. You yeah, got me. Yeah. Support for every album ever with Mike and Alex is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, so join over 7 million men worldwide who trust manscape with this exclusive offer at 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code eae at manscape.com before manscaped and i'm being completely real with you here uh it would take me three days to to, to groom myself because you're fucking there's nothing more nerve-wracking than holding a goddamn a blade next to your sack there's no mm. how, there's no right way to do it until it, now baby until now uh, yeah, because even if you have a razor, maybe for your head, maybe for your face, those those don't care about your boys downstairs. Dude, and I have friends, and I have one particular who's, to this day, he's like refused, like, how could you? How could you do that to yourself? How could you put something against your nuts? And I'll tell you how I fucking can you, son of a bitch. Nope, it's wrong one. With this son of a bitch right here. The fucking lawnmower 4.0. I mean, it's just so easy. It's so goddamn easy. Idiot proof. So I've been using Manscaped for a long time, but now they got the performance package 4.0 and goddamn does it have a lot in it. This package, you got the lawnmower 4.0, you got the, where is it? The weed whacker, your nose hair trimmer, the crop preserver ball deodorant, where's some fucking bitch? This shit, ball deodorant, uh, the crop reviver toner, which is a, uh, you know, nutsack banaka, and uh, also performance boxer briefs and a travel bag, which is this some of bitch right here. Can I just go through individually and endorse some of these? You may. 
I would recommend you stay away from this one because I did use it. <laughs> I've been thinking about buying a nose hair trimmer for a while. As you can see, I'm a hairy dude. And this was excellent. It's also waterproof and it has a proprietary skin seal technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate nose holes. Hell yeah. No, no tugs for me personally when I used it. I was a little nervous. Smooth. Amazing. Like my, my favorite Santana song. I've used nose hair trimmers before. I have one and I, it, dude, it sucks. It does? I'm not even yeah. kidding, dude. It sucks. This, smooth. That's the one to go with. <laughs> one, you got the, you got the, the ceramic blade here, uh, advanced skin safe technologies to re help reduce nicks and, and cuts. Of course, don't, still don't, it doesn't mean you can go at your sack like a fucking actual lawnmower. Don't be, be a, don't be a fucking animal. Don't be an animal. All right. That's part of why you're using Manscaped. It's also got a 4,000 K LED spotlight. Um, or is it? There we go. Can you see that? There we go. In case you uh, need a little bit more precise shave or you decide to shave yourself in the dark. Because it's waterproof, it means no more evidence. Do it in the shower. All right. Don't leave a mess for your mom to clean up. I know I know how you do things. Don't <laughs> fucking do that. I've been using this stuff for a week. And ball deodorant is just one of those things where I'm like, this seems like a no-brainer. I should have had this in my life from the very beginning. Dude, don't discuss the people in your life, right? I, I'm saying this do it for yourself, but for real? Do it for your significant other, dude. <laughs> they got to fucking deal with that, all right? You're not, your head isn't down there. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped boxers and the shit shovel bag. I'm not lying. I have the boxers on right now. You got, you got them on right now? Not even being hyperbolic. By far the comfiest pair of boxers I own. Just go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code EAE. It helps us out. It helps us out a whole lot. And it'll help yourself out, goddammit. That's, that's why you're doing this. That's why you're here. You want to help yourself. I, I, don't, I don't blame you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code EAE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code EAE. Unlock your confidence, boys, and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, let's get back to the show. Uh, but back to the music. Okay. So, uh, and then it, it, it does lead into my point about friction where that's like one of the hardest things on the album. And it, 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 you know, it doesn't feel very hard. Like the riffs are hard, but there's, it's not like a heavy song. There's no, there's yeah, no kick that, to it. There's not really anything heavy about this. Band. Absolutely it's, not. Yeah. It's, uh, it's just kind of their own unique thing on this album, at least. But there's a lot of like, uh, I don't know, classic rock kind of stuff. A lot of uh, garage rock. Um, it doesn't. It's not. A, it's not a punk record. It's not. A, it's not a late um, '70s punk record. Even though it, may, it might seem like that on the surface. Yeah, I saw. <sighs> Shit. I hope it was this. And if it was a different album, I apologize. But I saw a quote where it's like, uh, garage rockers who like aspire to be like avant-garde musicians that was the description of the of television of this album of this yeah. album yeah and, and i'm like that's pretty like it's di it's diminishing but it's not it's not unfounded i, yeah, see, yeah. I see it yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but they are really fucking good though they're like they're really really good they're oh these yeah these songs you can you can play if you were yeah, a bad musician. And there's like, um, there's some quotes I want to get into about how Lloyd recorded some of this stuff. He's like, man, it's it's really impressive and and, and fascinating too. But um, a little bit more about the the songs, uh, Elevation, which you mentioned earlier. Goddamn, uh, I think that's like, yeah, it's up there with my like. It's like the darkest thing on the album. I I wouldn't call it the darkest. I think the closure is the darkest. I I love the <clears throat> to me that was more like 
big and dramatic. It is. Yeah. It's all those things. Uh, so that's the thing. And one thing I will give them credit for, and I don't know if you'll agree, but uh, every album, they close it with the best song on the album. I, in my I, yeah, I disagree with that. Every album, it, 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 you just know by now, like every, the last song is always my favorite because on Tor a television album. Tor Torn Curtain is a great song, but yeah, to me, the like, this is one of the few albums where I'm like, okay, finally, the title track makes sense. Because a lot of times I feel like the title track is underwhelming and I yeah. don't understand why the whole album is named after it. This one. It makes sense. This one fucking makes sense. It definitely makes sense. And I like that it's track four too. Mm -hmm. um, right in the middle. Um, but Torn Curtain really... I, I I can listen. I think it's seven flawless fucking minutes. Yeah, like I can listen to that chorus on loop for years, maybe. Yeah, I, it just it just got total earworm. I, I since the first time I heard, it, I was like, this is like the greatest thing. <laughs> fucking it, love it. It is funny that he said uh, Brian Eno didn't know how to record them, and like it it made me think of certain Bowie songs, and I'm like, uh, Brian Eno recorded the shit out of those Bowie songs. Yeah, but he's not perfect. No, 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 no. <laughs> he's no, he's not perfect. But I did this think it was funny how I'm like, man, I I I want to hear it. Yeah, I want to yeah. hear it. Is it out there? Did, I don't know. I don't think it's out there. Just I like I wonder if there's a. I feel like something could, could, must have gotten leaked at some point, but maybe not. Yeah, I feel like if it was out there, would we would know about it? There'd be like the, a bunch of reissues. There'd be like the mark the the same way with the Stooges. How there's like the, the deluxe edition yeah, would yeah. have it. Yeah, 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 something like that. Uh, let's see. Um, <clears throat> what else? Uh, okay, so. And ultimately why I think this is so overrated, even though it is a very good album. Uh, eight tracks, eight tracks total. I think four are worthy of that praise and the other four are just fine. Uh, and in my, my ultimate yeah. citation for just fine is fucking prove it, which is just a rewrite of stand by me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and, like that's what I mean. Like, about that. That's what I mean about it being like pretty, not that it's not innovative at all. Mm -hmm. You know what? Put on, Prove me, um, prove it because Good my it's not like, oh, this, they just stole stamp, stamp by me. I mean, foundationally, the structure is exactly the same and it feels like it. You son of a bitch, Mike. <laughs> stand by me yeah so and it it does have a, a very cool chorus that's completely you know unique but i can't unhear that shit it's like oh this is just yeah. a, you know yeah you can hear their their influence on their sleeves with the stuff that's kind of like you know just fine and i feel the same thing with the guiding light where it's just like that's ah, fine but it's nothing like people from this time period weren't doing yeah i don't know something about Elevation, Guiding Light. Elevation is oh, fucking yeah, incredible. Yeah, yeah. So, and then I don't know. I like the, I like the placement of it. Uh, I think, yeah. the The worst thing about this album is definitely the way it's recorded, and then the, the first two songs. Uh, 
I, I mean, I love I, Venus. I think Venus is incredible. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's they're, like they're cool songs. They're fine songs. They're just not like it's. They're not openers. They're and they're not. I think when you have such strong songs like the title track and Torn yeah. Curtain, it's like there's some diminishing returns on the okay ones just by comparison. Honestly, what would be a good opener? Like that from the this collection of songs, I don't think they can do openers. I think mean, across the board, they've never done like a, a song. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, the album has started now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe friction. It's the hardest, but like I said before, it's not even not even really hard. It's it's more it's too kooky to be hard. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think friction maybe. <laughs> yeah, maybe if I, if I was doing a remix. Yeah, this is this is one of the ones where I have to disagree with the whole world. Like. And it's the same with, even though I do think London Calling is the Clash's best album, mm-hmm. like that one also got near perfect scores mm-hmm. or I think, think it did get perfect yeah. scores. And this one, uh, I think it is, I think Marquee Moon is the highest reviewed because yeah, retrospective, perfect across the board mm-hmm. at the time. Perfect. A plus five out of five, A plus. Yeah. At the time it was also flawless at reviews. But commercially in America failed. It, I mean, I don't mean commercially. I mean, I mean like no, criti- critically. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, where people call this like the second coming. Like, I mean, I could see. I, I don't get it, man. I could see getting starry eyed about the strong stuff on here. Exactly. But there's a lot of albums where they have these incredible things and then you kind of ignore the rest. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean the album is a fucking gem of a, a perfect piece of, I don't know, plutonium, something like, oh, is plutonium valuable? I just pulled out of my ass. According to Back to the Future, it's very valuable. According to those terrorists. And you can get it. <laughs> At the Puente Hills Mall in the middle of the night <laughs> in Southern California. Uh, what a great movie. Uh, but yeah, I guess we're... Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. I can... I'm just going to chalk it up to getting starry-eyed about the things that are really fucking good on this album. And then I think also when, when uh, you have something that kind of flopped commercially and people feel like they missed out on... Yeah, maybe. And then like, oh shit, they're back. And it's just, yeah. I think about other albums that were released uh, in 77. And I was <clears throat> surprised at some of them. Like a little bit more in the genre is, is um, Pink Flag by Wire, which mm-hmm. is another one that, I mean, it got wildly good reviews and it's, I, it's, it's an incredible album. And I find that one to be so much better than that. I mean, they're different bands and different albums, but like, in terms of the way the kind of album it is whereas pink flag has like a million short songs and they all kind of revolve around a couple notes and they're really mm-hmm. simple and only a, there's not really too many like oh holy shit this song is in- incredible yeah it just it just stays at an, an incredibly high consistent. level yeah. from beginning to end where this one it's like and it's like i i prefer the consistency at yeah. first you know you know what i mean yeah i got you uh, but this there was some interesting stuff behind the recording of this. Um, uh, Lloyd says when um, I think he got very uh, really obsessive around this time period, mm-hmm. and he started practicing imagining his heroes in the room with him criticizing him. So like, oh man, that's not good for your mental health. He was high, dude. Yeah. He was on all kinds of drugs. Yeah. So he says those solos were constructed under the direct imaginary criticism of those person personages. Um, personages 
Uh, and for all my self-deprecation, low self-esteem and perfectionism, those solos meet the criteria. That's why I often played, played them live exactly as they were recorded because they had been honed to the point that they could not be improved upon. Something, dude, something I did skip over is they, well, you know, we talked about the long history they had, but even, um, before going into record, they, they practiced the shit out of this album. For sure. And not only that, like three years, most like all these songs were still, they Mm. were, they were on rotation. So that's why this album is like the same way I felt about the laws were like, Oh, you hear how long they've been playing these fucking songs. They know the songs. Yeah. Um, let's see. What was the the other, this is, this is a fucking interesting one. Um, it's about, um, his solos on here because the guitar playing on here is just phenomenal. The, The guitar interplay is very good. Uh, but I like the way he makes solos. They're, they're very interesting. <clears throat> and they're they're always like some of the most interesting, if not the most interesting aspects of these albums. But uh, this is what he said. Um, After we finished Venus, I asked if I could double my part and, and told them I could reproduce anything that I had already done perfectly. Uh, neither Tom nor Andy believed me. And they both said it couldn't be done. I said, give me a shot. It'll only take 10 minutes to find out. They looked at each other and then okayed it. I went back into the recording room alone, put on the headphones, and in one pass, I doubled the complicated melodies and filigrees that I had put on Venus. When I came back into the room, they were saying they couldn't believe it, but it sounded perfect. Tom wanted me to, to do it on everything, but I knew that it was kind of a, a ear candy, so that, that that should come in and out of various songs to make it a real record. So I refused to do it in some instances, and in others, I did double or more. Uh, Elevation, well, there is double go. tracked on, yeah, that one has, on, uh, he says there are eight. Oh yeah, on a guiding light, there is there are eight tracks of him playing the same thing, Ooh. which is insane. Um, <clears throat> so for those who who uh, maybe don't really understand like why that's impressive or something, uh, it's not. It's it's like <sighs> so. There's a thing with with uh, with double checking vocals. Even if you sing it exactly the same you'll you'll still hear it like yeah. you'll hear two voices just because you can't replicate a frequency mm-hmm. there's just so much variable you can hit the same note but there's just you know there's a change in in you know how much breath is being expelled so it'll feel and sound different and that that slight slight subtle change you'll hear it when it's uh, lined up exactly with a different vocal track so uh when playing it when when doing that with a solo is very hard mm-hmm. because maybe you bent it a little bit differently and then there it is. Then you hear the difference. So it's actually tough to do. I've, I've done it with one solo uh, with, with my, the first album that I did because um, it was, again, I, like I played it so many times that it just, it was reflex and it mm-hmm. just, just came out fine. Um, but he did it a lot. <laughs> he did it with a lot of songs. Fucking impressive. It's crazy stuff. Uh, but yeah, uh, they came out and uh, people liked it and uh, didn't sell well. But well, not in America. You, I feel like UK. Yeah, I was like number seven on the, on the the old charts or something like that. It, yeah, everything does better in UK. I feel like or everything that uh, we, we like. like. Yeah. yeah. But both of our best personal favorites, as well as every single person who's watching this, because who the fuck disagrees with that? Uh, but we got a couple more. Mm-hmm. So this is the follow up. This is 1978's Adventure. Not the same. 
not the same at all. <laughs> this is, you know, fucking See No Evil was a weak opener. Oh boy, yeah. Also, he starts his Louidification of his vocal performance here. A little bit. It's not so bad yet. Not yet, but I can hear it. He's not uh, wiry like he was in the debut. Dude, this song is the most forgettable thing in the world. <laughs> Wow, I think the one after it is. I disagree with that. Oh, yeah. Alright, so it's a little bit, you know. Alright, well, so what happened? <laughs> I, I don't fucking know. I, I had, um, man, I had a lot of mixed feelings about this album. And uh, explain, yeah. explain these feelings. I was just uh well obviously by press i went back and forth and uh i i thought i was gonna give it this but i'm like god damn there's some there's some good shit there is some good shit here for sure towards the end oh yeah and again the closer is my favorite song on the album which is the original closer is the dream's dream that that I agree with you. That is the best. Oh yeah, it's that's the best fucking yeah. That's the best fucking song on here, and it's not even close. It's like that main riff or the intro to it is one of the best riffs they've ever written. It's so fucking pretty. It's really unusual. It's it's uh it's still dark, um, and it's it sticks out like a sore thumb in a in a good way because like you get the the this like intricate guitar playing on the first album and here it's mostly gone it's pretty neutered yeah and then on dream it's like oh shit that's why i came here and it's funny because lloyd was not barely not even on it uh, mm. So he wasn't doing so well around this time period. <laughs> he says, uh, I ended up in the what? hospital during part of the recording of Adventure and the band did a couple basics without me. The Dream's Dream is a song I had very little to do with. Um, had a great deal to do with Ain't That Nothing and the song Adventure, which is a bonus track. It's not even on the album. It's a bonus track. Which is fucking crazy to me because it's so much better. Oh, yeah. It's a great song. Also, they cut the fucking title track. They cut... They cut the title track. So, That's so insane to me. Apparently, uh, he said, uh, Lloyd says, the song never made it on the record because Tom never finished it. <laughs> and he says, oh, and also, I suspect because I had too much input into playing leads ooh. on it. Now you're getting into like, ooh, yeah, 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 he yeah. said, she said. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I, sh I should also say they fucking broke up this year, too. I don't know what he, came first. Uh, wait. I thought they broke up in '82. Or was it '70? No, it was no. the same. It was the same year. So I don't know sense. if they broke up before or after the album. But either way, yeah. Um, no, it was after. I believe it was after. Um, because right here it says, Tom, our our boy said, he said despite the album entering the UK charts at number seven, um, Lloyd said that the band knew they were done for in terms of radio airplay when they heard the new record by the cars you know also signed to Electra. you know it's funny so much of this this sounds like less memorable cars songs 
Right. And, and, and uh, he said, uh, Verlaine described them as commercial, te- a commercial television and figured the label would focus their energies on them and forget about television. That, and that's when Verlaine pulled a Greg Ginn and quit his own band, effectively killing television. That is such bullshit that he did not realize what made them unique and special. And like the cars are fine. Cars I- are great. I love the cars. I don't love them. I think they're they're fine, but I can't. I think they're better than television, dude. <laughs> that's uh, that's not even like a whatever. But I can't like I don't know. I think there was obviously very something unique and special in the, yeah. the water with like what television did on that first album. And I can't. I don't know. I just can't imagine listening to the cars and being like. Well, the our the successor is here. Hey, time to pass the throne. We're, we're done. Like, no, no. Like they they're still a different band. They don't do any of the the, the crazy lead stuff. No, the, no, no, no. Especially not the guitar interplay that no, television does. No, television had such a bigger palette of noises and sounds to play with than the cars. The cars had a, a personality or had. Yeah, yeah, I forgot Rico Kasich died a few years back. Yeah. Um, a distinct personality like the Ramones, you know, like Motorhead or whatever, like mm-hmm. or like or ACDC, like, oh, that's the cars. And if, if you, you like that it. style, you're fucking on board. Yeah, you know it when you hear it. And where television has the range of you get, you know, a marquee moon, and then you also get um, elevation or something. Where yeah, I, I don't really like the term, but I bought it up earlier. You do really have a band who is like more rooted in that avant-garde thing and then a band more rooted in garage yeah pop uh, that could be more pop and commercial and i don't i i think they were on a lot of drugs and they were discouraged and they would hate each other 100 percent. there's that going on too yeah uh especially with at this point you know tom is a fucking dictator or i I hate it when there's a member in the band that shares the name as a history guy because I start mixing up. Verlaine is mm-hmm. it was a complete dictator at this point. But back to the album a little bit. You know, um, I don't like Foxhole is a fine song. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Look, if Thin Lizzy did that song, it'd be way better. It sounds like a shitty Kiss song. I I thought Thin Lizzy. I thought Kiss. Yeah, yeah. I went th- that's like the closest thing we kind of get to like hard rock. But. Yeah, I find it to be pretty. I mean, there there is some for sure cool guitar stuff here and there. Uh, but as a whole song, I found it to be pretty forgettable. Uh, you you're not a fan of Days, but I think it's uh, it's very nice. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not life changing. It's just pretty. It's on the something more somber side. Um, but the only actual thing that I think are really good, I I mean, really well, the we three are. dream the dreams dream uh adventure and the fire, which has some. Insanely cool guitar stuff. You know, we've had a lot of uh, synced up best personal favorites, and obviously it's going to happen again here. But uh, rarely, (laughs) I guess we disagree on track two. But I totally fucking those three being the that that in of itself is almost more fucking rare. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To to agree on songs per album, it is way more rare. Like, hey, those three, and that's it. It's like you're fine skipping the rest of the album. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I agree with you a hundred percent in that aspect. Yeah, that the fire is like 
it's one of the two dark songs in this album, which is another thing. Like the dark songs are basically, you know, they taking a backseat. Also, there's a lot of other instruments and layers on there. And it's, it's one of my favorite guitar solos speaking oh. about his guitar solos. There's just something about that one that felt really unique and special to me. And then, uh, I listening to it. I don't know if it's like guitar noises or I was like, is that a fucking theremin? It's, I, it, it might be some synth stuff or some yeah. keyboard stuff. It's very theremin sounding. Yes. It's super fun. It's very cool. And I, again, really well done and, uh, uh, unique melodies. On the Discogs, I didn't see anyone credited as a theremin player, but uh, yeah, I'm sure it's just some uh, some fuckery, with some, some fuckery effects and keyboards or something. But there you go, those three songs. Yep, those will be on the playlist. Pluck them out. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, a, a noticeable step down, and you know there is trouble afoot, and that uh, things have gone sour. But this is uh, a very fun uh, development in uh, the the progress of this episode. Our, our, our history man, Tom, says, in case viewers are thinking, what's with all Richard Lloyd's perspective? Why don't we get to hear Tom Verlaine's side of the story? Well, yeah, there is a there was a quote from Tom Verlaine for, for an interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is this is what he says. He says. Television is something I never talk about. I've been hanging up on journalists all over Europe because that's all they want. That's all they want to talk about. It just doesn't interest me. People who were around then already know about it. People who weren't generally aren't interested. And I just don't think about the past. You know, there it is. I think that's kind. That's kind of fair. I've. It's it's fair if he talked about it ad nauseum, but he hasn't talked about it at all. At all. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, uh, it's, uh, she says so you're getting Lloyd talking about the band, and you can be thankful. All right. So we at least we got something. We're we're Lloyd guys. God. Damn. He also he seems to have a Verlaine seems to have a little bit of like, who gives a fuck about? It? I mean, people are just gonna think about. Uh, when you're a public figure and you're a musician or whatever, people are going to, you know, put their own perception onto you anyway. Like, I'm not that interesting of a guy to where it's worth that. And I, I still, I'm not interested. I just don't feel like dealing with any of that. It's so weird. I feel like we're um, that meme where it's like the worst person, you know, just made the <laughs> the best boy. Wait, what? There's like a meme where it's like the worst person, you know, just made the, the like. Oh, I know. Great. I haven't seen that one. Yeah made like a, a a good point yeah everyone's I, got one oh <laughs> uh, yeah it's like yeah on paper i i don't totally agree with what or don't disagree with what he's saying yeah i mean i get it but, I, I agree uh, yeah especially with the whole like i mean just who cares what, what i don't i don't feel like talking about it yet you know what what he what he did to the other members and the sound is way more sinful than oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah ruining that drum sound on that first album we'll never forgive them for that one unforgivable but they were they reformed 92 92 and it will damn we've gone on so many side quests oh yeah this is no one was expecting this episode to be this beefy. I I fucking wasn't. Definitely not. Uh, but we got one left, everybody, and we all know how it's going to go. But we're going to mm-hmm. talk about it anyway because that's what we do here. So, you ready? I'm ready. This is the final album, 1992's Self-Titled. I hope you really, really like Velvet Underground now. Although, that guitar playing is fucking nice. 
The guitar playing on this album is fantastic. It who can see this? It's Lou Petty. This was man, This is quite the album to listen to. It's very, very confusing. It yeah, it has some ups and downs, and this fucking sucks. This song, this opener, anyway. I think it's okay. It's just like a another bad Tom Petty style thing. Anybody who's not Tom Petty and sings like that, I fucking hate. It's it's way more, yeah. I don't know. I thought Lou Reed more than. Yeah, you know, Mr. I suppose e- either one could. Yeah. You could pick either one. I don't really love Lou Reed. Those are the only two guys. I feel like Lou Reed did it because he just could. He wasn't a good singer. Tom Petty did it like as a style. Yeah. I mean, I'm just guessing, really, but that's how it comes across. Up, oh, Worsley's favorite. Worsley's favorite, and it took me a little bit to get there. Dude, three in a row, three episodes in a row, we came exact dude. picks. Unprecedented, dude. Mercury truly is in retrograde. I don't know what that means. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it means you're on your period. <laughs> um, initially, I was gonna give it to Adventure because. I really like the guitar playing on this album. I think it's vastly more interesting than Adventure. Yeah. But ultimately the songs don't don't hit the same as, as the three best songs on Adventure. So I'm like, oh man, like I think if you're a fan of the band, like definitely give this a listen. There is stuff to be had on here. They, for sure. It's, it's not a horror. I don't think it's a horrible album. No, no. And it's also not even close to the worst reunion album we've covered. No, no. Like, there, there are some interesting things on here, um, but just, yeah. There's some real upsetting moments. Uh, some By far, this I, album has all of their absolute worst songs. I think that, unlike you, I wasn't, like, overtly angry at it. I just, like, I was just, like... Man, those three, those three songs on adventure are. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are great, but this, uh, shit, man. Like, there's there's a, some okay. So let's talk first about the production because um, they had originally had what twenty three, like not offers, but they had twenty three sure. labels interested, and they fucking whittled that shit down to two because mm-hmm. they kept they, they raised the prices like a, a lot uh that's the thing that that continues to happen with tom verlaine tom verlaine mm-hmm. uh really only like i mean in his defense it's kind of cool that he knows what he's worth yeah but some bitch just is like pay it up pay it all right i'm not doing shit till you pay me like I, he's a money man i don't again i don't disagree with that if yeah. you can if you are, you know, have that product, you can market like that. You sure can. Uh, so this is the, the deal. They, so they went with Capital, and the deal they made, according to Lodi, says um, no one was allowed in the studio from the record company, and we produced it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom produced the record along with Fred Smith because Fred originally joined television wanting to produce, produce us. Fred found out how rigid Tom <laughs> was later on, but Tom and Fred became good buddies, and it stayed that way as far as I know. Um, so, yeah, they finally produced a record themselves and it sounds i don't know kind of flimsy and not bad i but. don't yeah because i i read that quote and i i dis i don't know i disagree with um what was it 
that Lloyd thinking it sounds like um, television light. Yeah, I agreed with that. How can you disagree? I this I don't agree. I don't agree with it. It's not a home run by any means, but it feels more in the spirit of a marquee moon than a venture does. Even if it misses the mark a little bit. Yeah, it certainly does. But there are some more ambitious moments compared to the last album. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if I'm doing more for like uh, more like I noticed the fucking effort here and I was intrigued by a lot of the guitar playing on this album. It Even, is pretty, pretty fucking interesting. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of places. And like, um, which, so with the, the track two, Shane, she wrote this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, they didn't release this band. This band didn't release a single album in the eighties. And yet they channeled all of the eighties into a lot of these songs. <laughs> like it, a lot of this feels pretty eighties. Verlaine heard one cramps album and he was like, let's fucking do it. And, uh, cramps. <laughs> I thought about the cramps. Listen, that there's a good, that, well, I know what oh. song you're thinking of. It was a fucking beauty trip. I fucking hate that song. God blows, dude. That's yeah. That's the worst song on the album, but it has some truly fantastic guitar lines in there. It's yeah. a, it's a really, I really hate the song, but there was like some moments like, God damn, it's a cool little lick there. Like mm-hmm. really like it's, it's, it's a weird feeling when you hear this exceptional, exceptional little, little line and it's just, there it is. It's done. And the rest of the song is back to this generic boris, you know, yeah. horse shit. Um, I kind of all over the album. Yeah. I kind of <laughs> felt that way about Mars um, where I was like, ah, oh, we're doing, we're doing another blues song, but then they went, they went birthday party light, dude. And again, ends the album with my favorite song. Mars I, is the only time we, we will ever have ever gotten Verlaine wild and screaming, screaming. Yep. Um, he literally sounds like like birthday party Nick Cave in some spots. Yeah, that's not my favorite song on the album, but it what, is. Yeah, what's your favorite song on the album? My favorite song is uh, "Call Mr. Lee" because uh, Re- really, yes, really. How do you not? It's like it's all desperado-y. <laughs> yeah, that's why <laughs> it it's makes me laugh. Awesome. It does have the one of the probably the best solo on the album for sure. Yeah, like I don't. How do you, how do you? This kind of feels like blasphemy, but like, how do you, I'm not, I'm not saying it's an Eno Morcone. I, I know. I know you're going there. I'm not saying it's an Eno Mark like on the same because, level. Just because something is Spanish doesn't mean it's close to Morcone. All right. I know, but it's, it's still a win for me. And, uh, I, I like it. I think, yeah. Uh, another one that I liked specifically and exclusively because it is probably the weirdest song they've ever done. They're rocket. That is weird. Wow. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Structurally, it's all over the fucking place. Yeah. It has the, you know, these really uh, low endy tribal, tribal, tribal style drums. Um, this groovy, damn near silly main bass line mm-hmm. com- accompanied by these hideous guitar lines. It's just, and then the chorus, beautiful. Yeah. It's just such a fucked up song. This is, this is by, by far one of the most interesting and intriguing worst least favorite albums. Yeah. It's, it's it, definitely it, w- the most you could talk about it. It's, uh, it's, it is kind of tricky on, on these, uh, unless it's grave diggers, uh, with these three album discographies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is not, it wasn't nearly as bad as I was expecting, like by a long shot, but 
the lows are still quite low. I mean, and not just Beauty Trip, this tune, the, the, the song, this mm-hmm. tune. Oh, God. It's, it's oh, real bad. God, it's, it's real bad. bad. It's, and which is so strange that it's it's sandwiched by The Rocket and Mars, which is two of their craziest songs. Yeah. And that is arguably one of their most basic, boring bitch songs. Yeah. Also, the no glamour for Willie, the, the Lou Reed. Uh, vocals were really yeah. I like when Lou Reed does it but uh, someone else doing it especially someone who had their own style <laughs> own style doing yeah. it, it that I think that was this, on on another few listens I was like yeah yeah you're getting it that so that song isn't bad and the guitar lines are like I said they're very cool and it has some really neat trem- tremolo effects on them uh, but Verlaine's voice is so bad on that song. It's, mm-hmm. It really does bring down the whole experience. It, yeah. It's crazy. It is. Who who would thought an egomaniac prioritizing himself would bring down the whole... That's a good metaphor for the band. It, well, I can't even say that because they fucking recorded one of the most beloved albums ever and are in demand for festivals but you, you look at that album and it was a different thing like yeah it, it wasn't his show like he was heavily and, leading it but people were still fighting for their place in the band yeah but i'm i guess what i'm trying to say is like in spite of all that still command this like legendary yeah status yeah i still think it's undeserved <laughs> i think it's deserved to be like respected and enjoyed but like, I got yeah, le- legendary. I, I think, yeah, I think this guy knows the less is more route is the way to go. And uh, f- definitely. Uh, and and since we're on that, like, I mean, they're actually this is a, a quote that referenced the thing I said earlier about the money stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so they they after the, this reunion, they kept um playing until I, are they still touring? They don't. Like tour, tour. They play very sporadically. They never officially broke up, but they don't tour, tour. I think they like when those like big festivals can come a knocking. That's exactly it. Um, well, because uh, Lloyd left in 2007, but this is what he, he says. Tom would only go on tour when the money was substantial. Of course, when we did go out on tour, I profited from this state of affairs, but I was sick of it. From the very beginning, I wanted to tour extensively, even if it left us in debt, because that was a way of building our career. But Tom declined anything except instant money. Now, interesting quote, because the wording of that is insanely biased. Mm -hmm. Um, Instant money is one way to say it, or something that's worth it is another way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. he clearly cared more about being in a band and making the music and going out. Whereas Tom really fucking didn't want to deal with any of that. (laughs) He's, he's over it. He's like, I will, I will dance for you for a certain amount of money. And I respect both. Yeah. If it were me, I would probably be more of the former category of just going out and doing it all the time. Uh, But dude, when you're tired and you're fucking done with the road and you're done with these fucking managers and these you know club owners or whoever yeah fuck you i'll For take my paycheck and i'll or i won't do it I just won't yeah, do it yeah verlaine sounds like a I for the few wrestling fans he sounds like what cm punk is right now oh boy which i'm not gonna get into wrestling lore but uh I, this made me think of uh him saying i'm tired i'm old i'm 
beat up and I work with fucking children. I uh, don't agree with that, but uh, but it, the, the it was, sentiment the sentiment was fu- well. The quote was funny, and uh, I get I get those vibes from yeah from Berlin. Yeah, I respect it. I respect it from a human level, maybe not a musician or like artist level. Um, I, I, mean, I kind of respect from that level too. You know, I, I like it. I like curmudgeons because I, I I so relate to curmudgeons. Just like, dude, I'm I'm gonna go home. <laughs> I don't want to do. I don't want to be out here. It's cold. Ironically, I feel too old to deal with curmudgeons. Yeah, that is a little ironic. It is ironic. Like I've, I've had enough. It's like time to be happy. Time, time to be. But thing is, that's the thing. That is happy. Being left alone, not being uh, forced to go out and do a thing that other people enjoy that you don't, but they don't understand that you don't enjoy it. I, I. You, this is all very circum. Or it dep- Circumstantial. Uh, yes, yeah. yes, it is. Yeah, it totally is. So, different strokes for different folks yeah, to yeah. rule the world. Also, I don't. I had to look it up because I didn't want to lie again. Um, I don't. I think I may have chosen to watch Primus over television at a music festival. One Which year. one? Uh, Desert Days 2018. Oh, shit. I think <sighs> I chose to watch Primus or unless they were on different days that I would have to look up. But I may have chose to watch <laughs> the Black Angels and Primus over television. Black Angels. Who is that? Who's that again? They're like a, a, a stoner psychedelic rock band. But I had never I, I didn't listen. Like I said, didn't television. know about television. Well, I knew of them. Right, I right. just and then Black Angels. I, I I love Black Angels. I love their sound. And to this day, that's the only time I s- saw them. So I regret nothing. All right, fair enough. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, I, I've enjoyed. I mean, I would I would like to see Primus more, but I I mean, you can. I've already seen them twice. There's no reason. Like, I, I'll, yeah, no. In hind, I guess in hindsight, I I would have picked television just just for the fact that it doesn't really happen i had no idea the the touring schedule of course yeah. of course uh but um after that i mean apparently they they did this is from an interview uh with uncut um the band went to the studio in in 2007 to record a follow-up to the, to the self-titled album they laid down some tracks without solos or vocals and then never touched them again and that's it and this, that, that's the I last believe that um it definitely fits Verlaine's MO of, of, of writing a bunch of songs and then scrapping them, um, which is something he did a lot earlier on. Unless you're going to bring in Q-Tip to, to help you record your last album ever. Do your television collab with Q-Tip? Don't ever. That, that last Tribe album is just like, I, it's an anomaly. Yeah, it's it's. Well, that one and well, never mind. I can't. I was gonna reference Fetus, but they've released albums since. Yeah. Um. But like, not that, the, not that Fetus is a bad band, but like, one of the latest out, like I think it was Hyde, which came out like 2010 or something. It was like this incredible, crazy cinematic thing. And it's yeah. Like, Wait, where'd this come from? No. Yeah. I'm the, like comeback and last album ever to go out on such a fucking high note. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. <laughs> wild stuff but but yeah if you can't if you can't q-tip yourself don't don't record ever <laughs> don't if you can't 
QT. Yeah, you heard him. Uh, <laughs> shit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's that's that's, that's the end. We, we did it. Not much of an interesting recap. We have the same picks. You know, Marquee Moon, best personal favorite, shocker, yep. and television uh, subtitled worst least favorite, which is I think is a. Uh, Universal. Who who doesn't agree with that? I don't I, even fucking care. But no, I could see. I could see a case. Well, maybe because I was doing. I right. could see a case for adventure being made. Yeah, yeah. I think it wouldn't though. Um, and for most people, just because it was in it was in the original era of the era. Yeah, like it's, just, it's so much more excusable to shit on a reunion album than one of you know. I mean, my track record. You know. I'm going back to like that Stooges episode. I am, oh, yeah. I am fucking forgivable with the reunion albums. Sure are, dude. I am, I'm so ruthless against those I, fucking Stooges albums. I, you know, rarely call them classics, but I think like for what a lot of them are like, yeah, it's fun. And there's another influential New York band, Stooges. The Stooges. Well, they weren't New York. They're from Detroit, weren't they? Detroit, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks so much for listening and watching and hanging out. If you if you want to hang out with us further for, you know, we do this every week pretty much. You can uh, go ahead and hit subscribe. Please do that. You can also, uh, you know, leave your picks for best and worst or leave your little opinions in the comments. Talk some shit about us. Call us uh, big old giant doo-doos if you want to do that. Uh, and of course, like the video. It helps us uh, something. Helps us something, something. you find a full playlist on television in the description or link to it anyway uh, with uh, three songs from the second album. <laughs> And probably two songs in the last album and then the entirety of the first album. Uh, you can also uh, follow me on all social media at Pander Monkey and Alex on Instagram. Every album, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Still working on saying that normally. I know. I know. Uh, please be sure to check out our history guy, Tom Osmond, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Tom Osmond Sounds, as well as his Substack, TomOsmond.substack.com. Com. Uh, he's a big old, big old music writer. He's not, I don't know how big he is, but he's, he writes lots. Uh, and his debut album, So Much for All in Day's Work, which is, uh, there's a link to that in the description as well as all uh, Spotify's and Apple Music. And uh, lastly, but not leastly, it's not even lastly, uh, second to lastly, but not le- second to leastly, my debut EP, Pattern Monkey. Check that out. There's a link to that in the description as well. For real, lastly, and for real, not leastly, the most it, important. Patreon.com slash every album ever. There you get the bonus episodes. You get to see our schedule in advance. You get to vote on polls to decide who we cover next. You get to join a discord, uh, be a part of our community and as well as suggest our, our shorter EAE singles episodes. We take all our requests from discord directly. And if you want to really be cool, it won't be real, be cool. want to be real cool. Tier two, baby. Bigger than Jesus. There you get to suggest these full episodes, these big old episodes. I mean, this wasn't big. It was long, but it wasn't a long discography. Um, but tier two gets to suggest full discography episodes for us. And just by being pledged, uh, any other request you got, the first one gets put on the schedule. Media. Every other request gets put in the Patreon pool where we can pick it out at random like we did with this one. We pulled this from the pool. <laughs> uh, and you could do that and do that. And I think you should do that and rad and cool and go ahead and do that. Uh, I think that's about it. Yep. Hell yeah. So uh, what we going to wrap it with? You know, I know you like them longer, but I think we should play the dream stream because it's like a diamond in a rough. Like, I feel like everyone. That is, you know it, and we must yes. because everyone knows the first album. Everyone knows it. We all, know, we all love the songs in the first, but 
That's no one's going to go out and seek out adventure by television. <laughs> and it's buried. It's fucking buried. So we're going to, I want to do the song some justice. Hell yeah. So thank you so much for listening and watching. See ya. Stop.